Weekly Loss Podcast, episode number 188. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. <laughs> That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop, do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. You look a little chilly over there, babe. Trying to keep myself warm. I know. It's a little chilly in the GSPN.TV World Headquarters Studio A. It's it's just downright cold in here. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's warm things up and uh, get back into the discussion of Lost. This is part two. Part two. Two of our discussion, full review of mm-hmm. season five, episodes number one and two. And of course, we do want to let you know if you have not yet heard part one, you want to go back and get episode 187. And I would suggest that you listen to it first, although you can listen to this and go back and listen to that mm. afterwards. They're all about the premiere. They're not in any particular yeah. order. Yeah, we, we, we don't go so far as to do everything in order. We just talk about the episode uh, through the various research we found and we jump all over the place. But what we are going to do is continue our discussion, Stephanie, of uh, exploring the mystery of the island. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we left off in our, yeah, I actually said that right and was about ready to correct myself without the need. When we actually left off in episode 187, we were just talking about the different various names of Pierre Chang and uh, and, and we had talked about Jory's uh, theory on why he maybe thinks that... Um, that Pierre Chang, uh, also known as Marvin Candle, Mark Wick, uh, Mark Wickman, and Edgar Hallowax, and all these other things, that maybe his decision to do that was because you know these these people who were working in the Dharma stations at night they would actually go to you know take the ferry to Whereverville, and in essence when they talked to each other playing games you know car- poker night you know and stuff like that Play that games, they might talk about songs. what's going on in each other's um stations and and of course they could talk about the various uh orientation films and when they express you know well you know you know the professor's names if the, if the names ever came up that the the idea is to hide or to actually make it appear as though Dharma is being run by, it has the influence of many great scientists, not right, just, just one. one. I, I think that's interesting. Gotcha. I think that's an interesting reason behind it. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the, the thought that was uh, given to put that together. So, Jory, uh, I, th- I think that's a great, I think Absolutely. that's a great thought. So, we're going to continue our discussion now by moving on to our show notes. And by the way, if anybody's out there and you want to see the show notes for this episode, I encourage you to go to, to gspn.tv slash forum gspn.tv slash forum there is an entire section of our forum devoted to lost you'll see weekly lost podcast show notes and of course that's where you'll find these show notes and here we are daniel in the past uh this is a a topic that was started by someone someone in our forum uh, who goes by standing with abdiel 
Mm-hmm. And I do recall specifically that this is a male. Uh, so um, anyway, definitely male. He says this. All right. Actually, well, the topic was started by standing with Abdiel, but I actually have two different quotes uh, regarding this concept of Daniel in the past. And the quotes come from Just Sue and Chrissy. So I'm going to have you read what Just Sue wrote after you're done uh, wiping your eyes there. All right. Yeah. Okay. So here Sorry. we go. No problem. All right. Um, yeah, I think Daniel was just there to gain information um, to add to his journal. He said it contained everything he knew about the Dharma Initiative. I think he'll be the one to figure everything out in the end if they don't kill him off first. He's not changing events that happened in the past, but he's taking steps to affect the future. I like the way that that's worded. Uh-huh. Um. It's much like Desmond telling Penny to expect his phone call on a certain date in order to save himself from that sickness in the constant. It didn't change the past in that he didn't get um, in that he didn't get back together with Penny that night, but it affected the future. In the same way, Daniel didn't change Desmond's past. By giving him that message about his mother at Oxford, because Desmond still stayed in the Swan Station pushing that button. It is, uh, it'll be very interesting. I see. I'll be. I'll be very interested to see how this scene with Daniel at the Orchid will tie into the Pierre Chang video shown at Comic Con. We might uh, might we see Daniel approach Chang with all that he knows. Uh, that's what I'm thinking, you know. And of course, in the in episode 187, we certainly played the the audio from that uh, video where, of course, they are they are trying to uh, reach the future. Uh, folks and and trying to have you know basically reinstitute the Dharma initiative but it, it he even went on in that video to say that you know we've made attempts to stop the purge it seems that we're powerless to do so so i i think that would be great and and you know i like i would love it to see some of these exterior things kind of play themselves into the show which we have seen mm-hmm. uh there was there were other things um now, Mark, I think it's Mark, our good friend, Chef Mark, and some other folks that were talking about the fact that, you know, hey, and, and I think even you reminded us that the that basically the writers and producers of the show said, listen, you don't have to worry about it if you're not following the Internet alternate reality game, if you're not, you know, doing all this, you know, following all these secret videos and, and stuff like that, and you're just watching the show, you're still going to get the full story. Well, absolutely. I think that it should be that way. I mean, I think that it's great that they are creating all of these these things for the lost community to, to participate in, but I don't think that any of them should be essential to the storytelling of what's going on. If it's not on TV between 9 and 10 on a Wednesday night, then it shouldn't pertain to the to the main storyline of Lost. I understand what you're saying. The only thing is, though, is I will tell you there is some added enjoyment uh, and, no. and additional information in some of those, um, oh, missing pieces, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, and and I and I wonder just how much those can fit in. And, you mean and, the mobisodes? Yeah, the little mobisodes. Oh, those you know, are different. I'm talking about the alternate, the 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 games and the you know the whole job you applied for over the yeah, summer and yeah i know those those things are are fun in their in their own right but i don't think that they now recreating or not recreating creating these these extra 
things to go in. I that I think that that is different. Okay, different from the mobile. Yeah, because the, it's content, whereas uh, other people would call the reality games and, and and such content, but I don't. But there's still things that are are not broadcasted between the on Wednesday nights between nine and ten. So, right. um, the and. We won't go into the details. We've actually covered the Mobisodes in the past, and especially over the hiatus and things of that nature. So, but anyway, let's let me read what Chrissy wrote um, regarding this Daniel in the past. She says, "Oh wow, a good pickup on the Comic Con video. I just rewatched it, and you do hear a baby cry. Plus, it is now. I mean, I mean, there's more. Well, not so much just hearing the baby cry, but he. I mean, he even." Completely addresses the baby crying. Yeah, yeah. it's like Jennifer, just take him out of here. Right. The guy, just make him shut up. <laughs> just right. make him shut up. Which uh, he doesn't say that. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's the attitude in which I think it's he given. does say something like that. Doesn't does he? he? I don't know. Just, just keep him quiet. Just yeah, something like that. Yeah. So which, which completely blows away the thought that the baby is female and it might be Charlotte. Which I heard there's some. I actually saw some discussion of that in our forum. Um, it de- definitely the baby is Asian. I believe it's going to be Miles. Well, I think once they showed, now you could you could speculate as to who the baby was from last season or or from Comic Con when the video was was released. But after seeing the premiere episode, I think there's no doubt that the baby is in fact Asian, right? And absolutely could be Miles. Could be Miles. And and my question to you: Do you think it is Miles? I think I want it to be Miles. I I want it to be Miles. Because I don't want them to introduce anybody else. (laughs) And they've made such a point now to point out the baby twice. Twice. That it's obviously a part of Pierre's story. Yes. And I don't want a new character. Can I just say I'm glad that he is is showing up more. I remember when we saw Orientation, um, the... the, saw Marvin Candle for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with that character. You did. I wasn't happy to see him be, you know, Mark Wickman. All the and, other... And right. all, it's like, I really wanted to see just more Dr. Marvin Candle. But, but that's because that's who you thought he was. That's who I, I thought he now was. now that you know that he is Pierre Chang, it takes on a completely different... It does, and and it's actually a more compelling character right. for me now, and so I was I was glad. You know, I've seen the different videos that have been released in you know these different alternate reality games, and also during the hiatus, they just give you extra little hints at content mm-hmm. here and there. But I'm glad to see him in an official episode as Pierre Chang. Uh, they they definitely did refer to him as Dr. Chang when they interrupted him when he was recording a special video, which, of course, I will go ahead and... Uh, well, did you, you never finished reading oh. Chrissy's comment. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's do that. Oh, and he's, it's just plus Faraday's voice, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we're definitely... You know, there was some speculation as this Comic-Con video, whose voice was that? Who was actually recording the video? Right. Uh, And there was some speculation out there. But somebody out there did say that it sure sounds a lot like Daniel Faraday. And, of course, now that we've seen Faraday in the past in the Oregon Station with Pierre Chang, it's like, Okay, now that's de- yeah, it's, we, definitely it's confirmed. Be him. Right, it's confirmed. So Chrissy says Chang says he's got the information. Uh, I'm sorry, Chang says he got the information he knows from a credible source. Obviously, he believes what Daniel has told him, but then he goes off on the tangent for someone to come save them from the purge. 
That is when Daniel stops the filming. I guess because Daniel knows that no one can actually go back and change the past so the purge doesn't happen. Right. Mm, very interesting. Mm. So anyway, we, we if you guys have some feedback out there uh, regarding Daniel in the past and, and stuff like that, I'm, I sure hope that they continue to show little bits and pieces of that storyline. Okay. Um, what were you going to say? Nothing. Okay. I was reading ahead. All right. In our show notes, you mean? Uh-huh. All right. So we're going to talk about Daniel's parents. Apparently. Okay. So Jeff Gentry. Which is all speculation. It's all speculation, which is totally cool, right? Yeah. We're allowed to have just, that. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, Isn't that what this whole show is based on? I think so. <laughs> so Jeff Gentry, who happens to also be our forum administrator over here at gspn.tv world headquarters. <laughs> um, Jeff Gentry, also known as X-Force 11 on our fo- forum, wrote, Stephanie. The monk from Desmond's monastery and Mrs. Hawking are the parents of Daniel Faraday. That's his thought. And I'm going to have to say, or actually, I'm going to have to let Mr. Friendly say. It's an interesting theory. I love that. I love that. So Daniel Faraday's parents are Mrs. Hawking and Desmond's uh, Desmond's monk friend. Yeah. The, the monk guy. Hmm. I like that. All right. So what does Patrick. Are his parents even going to be important? I don't know. You know, I. Well, obviously, uh, his mom because fair, yeah, right, because go to go Oxford, back, right, and find my mom, right, right. I got it. Yeah, I, I think I think it all works together. Okay. And of course, um, anyway, so okay. so Stephanie Linker J Patrick in our forum continued okay, on Faraday the discussion. When Faraday told Desmond to go see his mom, and then seeing her later in the episode, I guessed the same thing. I knew it was her even before she removed her hood. Um, her room looked like a cross between Faraday's lab and a Dharma station. It did. Loved seeing the traces of the island jumping all over the place. It was like her vision. Version. Of, uh, yeah, version of the listening station. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of tie-ins there uh, and, and the connections between Daniel and how much mm-hmm. he knows Absolutely agree with everything that, that that Patrick had said there. Now, Scott C. continued on in the conversation, and he said... Oh, that's me? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Think back to the lecture um, she gave Desmond. Doesn't the tone and message seem very reminiscent of the way Faraday speaks? Right. Um, obviously, Lost is going with the unstoppable momentum of time approach to time travel, so Miss Hawking's um, explanation should match Faraday's, but I think there were other similarities. The same philosophy about it, you know? All right. So uh, basically, there's a lot more going on with that discussion. It happens to be continuing to happen in our forum and in the show notes. There's a link to that exact conversation. So I encourage you to go there. Now we're going to jump real quickly into some audio from the episode and. Uh, just a little bit of a clip between uh, Mrs. Hawkins and Ben. Is it Mrs. or Miss? Mrs. Hawking, I believe. Mrs. Hawking. Okay. Any luck? Yes. Really? Really? What about you? I'm having some difficulty. Oh, you better get busy. Because you only have 70 hours. What? No, no, that's not enough time. I need at least... What you need is irrelevant. 70 hours is what you've got. 
Look, I lost Reyes tonight. So what happens if I can't get them all to come back? Then God help us all. Seventy minutes, Stephanie. Seventy hours. I'm sorry. Yes, seventy hours. Seventy minutes would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, se- I like that they gave a time frame of seventy hours. Yeah, but how long can seventy hours last on? Well, in lost on lost in lost time, yeah. I, I just want to say that so, I really do believe that basically there in an s in essence, I believe they gave us seventy hours the time frame mm-hmm. to to kind of signal to us fans or our viewers of the show that hey we're not going to take all the way until the end of the season to get us there so basically in essence 70 hours is going to happen and and they have to be back somewhere between you know at least halfway or 2 thirds of the way back to the to to the end of the season does that make sense to you it does. It does. Because remember my my hope is that they don't take even halfway through the season right to get back to the island. Yeah. For me, I'd like to see them back by episode 5. Yeah, about episode no. so, so I I I'd say so, yeah, between episode 5 and 9 somewhere right right around in there. I that, okay. that for me personally. Right. But I, I agree. I don't want I don't think for 9 9 for me is going to be pushing it yeah. because the 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 season's only you know, 17 episodes long. Exactly. We've already seen two of them. Exactly. So You're right. If we wait until episode nine, mm-hmm. there's not much left to tell the story okay. of, you know, so. Cool. Well, Jory anyway. has his thoughts on why the time frame was given. So let's take a listen to this. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Stephanie. This is Jory from the Netherlands with a little theory about why the Oceanic 6 need to return so fast to the island. At the moment, Miss Hawking is talking to Ben. They only have 70 hours left, which is not that much. I think every time the island moves, some of the protection the Dharma Initiative built around the, the radioactive matter will be going away to let them move. And every time it goes away, some of the protection will become will be taken with it. So the protection will become less and less and less. So in the end, uh, probably after the 70 hours, the whole protection will be gone and the island will go boom, just like the world. That's what I think. And God so help the us island all. and uh, the people on it need a constant to get stable and not move again. Six can be this constant because obviously the people, the losses care about them because they are are friends they care about you you care about your friends so that's easy but the island cares about them as well they were all on jacob's list and Jacob's list is a list of people the island likes in my opinion so i think that's good enough very cool so basically he, he thinks that the island is basically like on a, a self-destructive path and mm. that 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 dharma has put in something to help protect the island from exploding or whatever. Maybe, what, Steph? I was just going to say, I'll let you finish your theory, then I'll say it. Okay. Maybe, you know, obviously punching in the numbers and something happening every 108 minutes was something that made the island a little bit more stable. And and when they left the island, of course, that completely opened up this big ball of wax, which, of course, been warned against, all this other stuff. So, and I, I really do like the idea that, you know, once these people come back and I, and I like the tie in to these are the people who were on the list. Mm-hmm. But were they all on the list? I don't think so. I, I'd, I'd have to question that. 
because the list I don't was Sun on that list. I don't believe so. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Stephanie? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of who was on the list. Let me pause. I don't remember. Well, I'm unpausing because okay. Stephanie wants to talk through that. Well, anyway, the thing, <laughs> the thing that I was giggling Our about. Our own little time warp thing here. Yeah, the, what I was giggling was about was that I love that Jory said boom. Yes. And it made me think of the finale when um, Michael and Desmond and Jen are down in the in the ship with all the dynamite or, you know, the C4. Uh-huh. And, which is C4, not dynamite. Anyway, and... um. It was Desmond, right, who says, okay, if we disconnect this from this from this, then boom, and this from this from then boom, and the last one he says, this from this from this, and Jen's goes, boom. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and anyway, so that's what I thought about when Jory said boom. All right. That's all. Did you find so, it? Yes, I did. Do so, like how I like filled that time? You did awesome. I didn't, I didn't need to pause at all, did Not I? Not at all. All right. So Jacob's list, <laughs> and... Let's see here. Uh, Basically, in I Do, we mentioned that Shepard wasn't even on Jacob's list. In Par Avion, Mikhail states that Kate is not on the list because she is flawed. Saeed is is not on the list because he is weak and frightened. And Locke is not on the list because he is angry. Later, what? Go ahead. Later, in The Other Woman, Ben doesn't specifically say he is talking about Jacob's list, but it is implied uh, when he says, who are we to argue with who is on the list? To Juliet, in response to her concerns about taking Zach and Emma from the tail section survivors. Now, Mikhail had some comments about the list. In Par Avion, Mikhail says to Saeed, Locke, Kate, and Rousseau, about why each of them was not on the list. He explains, you are not on the list because, he looks at Kate, he says, you are flawed. Looks at Locke because you are angry, blah, 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 blah. All right, so, however, Mrs. Clue, she's talk- she had a list in expose in a flashback from November 9th, 2004, Ben discussed uh, a plan to abduct Jack, Kate, and Sawyer using Michael. The plan was relate, uh, related um, to convince Jack to perform a medical treatment to Ben. Much later in time, Mrs. Clue gave a list of four survivors to Michael. Uh, she treated, uh, she threatened that if he didn't return, return with those specific survivors and no others, he would never see Walt again. The people on the list were Jack, Jack Kate, Kate Hurley, oh, Hurley, and, and Sawyer. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, I don't think. I mean, we're. I don't think Jake. I mean, there's a lot of there's a a lot of um, continuity question about which one of these lists is Jacob's list. Right. You know, there, there's been a right. lot of talk about lists. So, but if we think about it, if we just go to the the list of Miss Clue, Jack Shepard, Kate Austin, Hugo Reyes, and James Ford. Now, obviously, Sawyer's not one of the Oceanus Six. Hurley, Kate, and Jack are the only three that are. So, I don't know. Um, Hurry, I don't want to. I don't want to argue against a a theory. Right. Uh, In fact, I'll even still give you. It's an interesting theory, and I especially like what you said about the fact that you know the six are going to be the constant that those people on the island need absolutely to stay connected. Alrighty. Alrighty. So, what is next, Stephanie? Pierre Chang, Swan Station Jacket for Aero Orientation Film. 
All right, so let's go ahead and uh, play uh, Jeff and Indy's... What, Steph? I was just going to share with... Um, we had lunch with Jeff yes, on we did. Saturday, and he was sharing him, this with Cliff. And Lee, his and wife. Him and his wife, Lee, and Mark, and... Um, yes, and go ahead. Lee and Lee and Jeff's kids, but I just... And our kids, since we're going on and on about it. (laughs) I was trying to be brief, but anyway, I apologize. Please do. No, I'm serious. Jeff was sharing this with you, and you were consistent to argue with him and argue with him and argue with him. And you got home and watched it, and it was just funny. It was funny because he was was adamant that Mm -hmm. that, uh, the the orientation film for the Swan Station, that, that the Swan Station was Station 2. And I'm like, no, that just doesn't sound right. And I was arguing that it was Station 5. Okay. What? No, okay. All right. Yeah. But anyway, he called this in before, you know, we had this, you know, not argument, but kind of we were just debating it. And he wrote me an email later. He says, listen, we were both wrong. It's actually (laughs) orientations for Swan Station number three. But uh, he says, just make a note of that when you play my email. So with that, here we go. Uh, Right here. Hey Cliff, this is Jeff and Indy. Uh, first off, I want to say thanks for the Lost premiere party. It was a blast. The next day when I was in my room, I was watching the rewatching those episodes on ABC and I noticed something interesting. In the very first scene after Pierre takes care of his family, he goes into the into the studio to record the an orientation video. He introduces it as station two, the arrow. Now, if you know much about Dharma Legend, you'll know that Station 2 is not the arrow, it's the swan. And he was also wearing a swan patch on his jacket. So, is this a mistake? Or is it just because Edgar Hallowax, uh, Marvin Candle, Pierre Chang, whatever you want to call him, when he goes in there, they try to hand him a script and he says that he doesn't need the script. Obviously, he does. So, just want something something to think about. All right, talk to you later. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much. So obviously, the the orientation for the Swan Station Swan Station video is number three. Is number three. But he was in fact wearing he a Swan Station logo while filming the Arrow orientation film. This is correct. And so we don't understand what that's all about. Why he didn't have an Arrow lab jacket on uh, instead of a Swan Station lab jacket. Um, maybe you know the props people there in the the Dharma Video Production Studios were were just a little uh, caught off guard or something of that nature. But um, you know, but now that I come, now that we think about it, I I wonder. It begs me to go and search real quick and look up all the other orientation videos to see if maybe. You know, when to see he, if you, maybe we missed something. Yeah. Well, for example, when we saw um, the pearl, you know, was he wearing a jacket with the pearl on it? Uh, and when we saw the one for the orchid station, did he have a orchid? You know, so so I, I'm wondering now. Now we're going to have to go back and watch that again, aren't we? Probably. Anyway, Jeff, thank you very much. That was a great eye on on catching the absolutely. the jacket. And if you guys do go back, you'll you'll find out he's absolutely correct. Uh, in in the area or in the arrow orientation film, he's he, wearing a swan he is jacket. certainly wearing a swan jacket. Absolutely. All right, Stephanie. We are next up. Uh, What's Chrissy. An Easter egg? Yeah, Chrissy and Wayne both found a uh, an Easter egg you in the episode. What? Can I just say I love people who can find Easter eggs because it takes all the mental capacity that I have just to watch the show. I know, and that I can't. 
I mean, those things don't pop out to me. Well, this one obviously popped out to to Chrissy and Wayne. So yep. uh, basically, uh, I'm trying to think of who wrote first here. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. we'll just say it was both of them. Well, it um, looks like um, Chrissy wrote an Easter egg in the gas station when um, where Hurley buys the I Heart, I Heart shirt. <laughs> um, the song playing on the radio is Dream Police by Treep. Cheap trick. Okay. And then it looks like Wayne went in and posted a part of the lyric. Okay. And will you read all that? uh, Yep. He says, um, yeah, I love that we finally have um, cheap trick on Lost. The lyrics from that portion of Dream Police might might be very telling. And here's the lyric. Okay. Because they're waiting for me. They're looking for me. Every single night they're driving me insane. Those men inside my brain. The Dream Police... They live inside my head. The dream police, they come to me in my bed. The dream police, they're coming to arrest me. Okay. And of course, this isn't a scene with Hurley. Right before he... Isn't that right before no, it's he right, gets... I think it's after he... Oh, that's right. It's after. It's, it's after. after he gets pulled over by Be, the by police in his dreams. The dream dreams. police, right. Because um, she points out that, you know... Yeah. He needed to change because it you know, looked exactly. like he had blood on him. Very interesting. Great Very Easter egg. And I definitely never caught that myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the GSPN.TV community. You guys totally are awesome. And so thank you for that. Now, uh, Wayne is a little bit worried or a little bit concerned about this audio clip right here. We lied, Ma. What do you mean you lied? All of us. Your Sherry Six, we lied about what happened after the crash. And what did happen? Okay. See, we did crash. But it was on this crazy island. And we waited for rescue, and there wasn't a rescue. And then there was a smoke monster. And then there were other people on the island. We called them the others. And they started attacking us. And we found some hatches, and there was a button you had to push every 180 minutes, or... Well, I was never really clear on that. (laughs) But... The others didn't have anything to do with the hatches. That was the Dharma Initiative. They were all dead. The others killed them. And now they're trying to kill us. And then we teamed up with the others because some worse people were coming on a freighter. Desmond's girlfriend's father sent them to kill us. So we stole their helicopter and we flew it to their freighter, but it blew up. And we couldn't go back to the island because it disappeared. So then we crashed into the ocean and we floated there for a while until a boat came and picked us up. And by then there were six of us. That part was true. But the rest of the people who were on the plane, they're still on that island. I believe you. That was a powerful, powerful scene it was a really good scene it was i loved it there was humor it's like well that part i'm not really clear on (laughs) (laughs) and this part that was true right and so yeah trying to i mean basically it'll pay pay homage to all the you know let's try to catch everybody up kind of clip shows and stuff uh very good but the fact that his mama believed him very interesting but uh wayne is a little bit up a little bit concerned about this he wrote in our forum uh right after the episode he said Stephanie? I, I couldn't believe that Hurley actually told his mom about what really happened. Of course, when he tells the whole 108 days, 
uh, worth of a story in just three minutes, it sounds crazy. Actually, it can sound pretty crazy anyway. And although she doesn't understand Hurley's story, she says she believes him. Question. Will her knowing the truth come back up when Hurley and the rest of the Oceanic Six all go missing together again? Hmm. I don't think so. You don't think Mama's going to say anything, do you? I don't. I don't. There is... Us mamas, we have an allegiance to our children. Right. And I don't think she will, but I think that she'll have peace when he goes missing again. Right. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I think she'll have a peace knowing where he is that Jack's mom won't have. Right. You know? Yep. That, that's what I think. Very cool. So um, we're going to turn the tide just a little bit here. Turn the tide, steer the ship, turn it around, something or other. We're going to go in a different direction here and talk a little bit of character analysis. We are. And uh, we have basically two audio clips back to back, and they're both from our great friend, Chris O. Who so desperately wants this spot. I know he does. He's like, you know, if anything ever happens to Stephanie, well, let I'll me tell know. you what, if I ever get sick, I know who to call. That's exactly right. All right. So the first one. What he's going to talk about sick. is Lock and Jack. Lock and Jack. Well, hey there, Cliff and Stephanie. This is your old pal Chris Oatley calling with some uh, initial reaction to the uh, Lost premiere. Loved it, and uh, just wanted to say I think my favorite aspect of the show was uh, the Jack and Lock uh, parallels. I loved seeing. Uh, the fact that they had both sort of reached some definitive character moments in their overall uh, character arcs for the, the sort of the, the big picture of Lost. And, uh, you know, you have Jack uh, reaching this moment where he's finally, finally given in. He's finally accepted, and he's making that first uh, step of faith to listen to Ben and, and go back to the island and uh, that's just great. It's just great seeing that sort of resolution for him. Uh, although I'm sure there's much more to come. Hopefully some healing. Uh, also, by the way, hilarious to see Jack and Ben sharing a hotel room together. Agreed. Great. And then you have Locke uh, with a, a definitive character moment as well, where uh, he finally has gone through the dark night of the soul that he was in for the last uh, two seasons doubting and wondering, starting with questioning the whole his whole dedication to the hatch and pressing the button, uh, getting him to the point where he just lost all faith, and then Echo sort of bringing him back around, but then his moment of doubt and trial uh, throughout seasons three and four. Uh, and finally, we have knife-throwing, uh, island-loving Locke back, and uh, that is really good news. Yeah, probably going to call back with a couple other thoughts, but uh, there's my, my thoughts on Jack and, and Locke. And, uh, yeah, love you guys, love the show. So glad to have Lost back, but uh, also uh, glad to have a uh, conversation about new episodes of Lost happening over at GSBN. And Talk we to are, you guys later. All right, Chris, and we are so glad to be back here having Absolutely. those conversations again. Definitely what uh, was a major turning point in the lives of John Locke and, Absolutely. and Jack Shepard. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad that it was. Um, so many people hate Jack. And I think we'll continue to hate Jack just 
for no reason, you know, that other than they want to. But th- this was a very, a very huge moment in in his story as a character. I think so. You know, um, and so I liked it. Maybe he's becoming more a man of faith than than a man of science. And who's to say you can't and, be both? Right. Right. No, absolutely. What about Locke? But he's finding balance. What about Locke? Locke did not repulse me in this episode. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. somebody should like write that down and remember because I'm sure I'll forget at some point. Tess, did you hear that? He did not repulse me. And I think that it is because of the way they are changing his character it is the doubt that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. It is the thinking that you're this huge part of this story one moment and having, you know, no faith to step out on it the next. Right. You know, that that is what seriously drives me crazy about Locke. And if they can put the doubt behind him right. and make him the essential part of the story that they want him to be, mm-hmm. he may not make my stomach turn anymore. That is awesome. Let me see if I can. Because I love Terry O'Quinn. I know you do. I know you do. Let me see if I can find this one clip here real quick and tell me if you've heard this voice before. I like Ben. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is. Let, 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 me, let, let me play that. Don't one. make me keep listening to her. Just, she so aggravates me. Just one more. Listen real okay. close, everybody. Yeah. I like Ben. Well, I did share that. Who was that? I did share that in the last episode, and I didn't even whisper it. So now I've made two of my friends very happy with me because <laughs> I've admitted that, um, you know, I'm coming around on John Locke. It's 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 going to take a little while. They have to prove that they are truly going to stick with this change that they showed us in the first two episodes. And, um, yeah. Stephanie likes Ben. And Ben is... And, and Locke did not repulse you. Locke... I know. Wow. I don't, and you know what? I don't think it's the story that's changing. I think that it's me. You think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. I guess just getting older, it kind of makes you just a little bit Maybe. more mellow. No. <laughs> <laughs> me? Mellow? Never. Oh, goodness. Let's talk. But yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed both of those characters in this episode. Gotcha. Well, Chris has some more character analysis on uh, uh, Mr. I borrowed a shirt from Froger and don't have to give it back. Oh, can I can yeah, I just go point, ahead. um just one more on my progress. Yes. Just one one more thing I want to point out on my progress is that um in episode one eighty seven we talked about whether John Locke is actually dead or not. Uh-huh. And you notice I said I don't think he is without one time wishing that he was. <laughs> no doubt. So I just thought I <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I'm evolving myself. Well, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you think about Sawyer in these episodes? Hey guys, Chris Oatley again, a little more lost feedback. I uh, was thinking about Sawyer and what I just called in about uh, about Jack and Locke's definitive character moments. And uh, Sawyer has a great definitive character moment as well that I loved and uh, may actually have liked better than even the Jack and Locke stuff now that I think about it. But it's the moment where Faraday is trying to stop him from uh, contacting Desmond inside the hatch and uh, and he's banging on the door, and Faraday comes over and stops him, and and uh, then it sort of escalates, and then Sawyer turns around and grabs Faraday, and just really angry and emotional, and he yells out, you know, everyone I just care or everyone I care about just blew up on that boat, on and your boat. Then he has this long, 
long pause and this look in his eyes like, oh my gosh, what did I just say? He's just confessed uh, the very thing that we've uh, been seeing sort of grow in him for the last few seasons culminating uh, so far or thus far with uh, him standing in the jungle holding the baby and yelling for Claire. (laughs) Uh, So that was a great moment. It was great to see uh, him uh, sort of reaching that point where he's actually saying this stuff out loud. He's actually confessing the truth of his heart. So yeah, great stuff. Can't wait for more. Bye now. All right, Chris. Can, thank I, you. can I just take a moment to say that I love that a man called in and pointed that out? Yeah. Um, and what Chris just said there as he wrapped up his call in that um, that he is confessing the the true nature of his heart, you know, yeah. or obviously Chris said it better. But um, I think that as we go through the rest of the series, we're going to be more of James Ford and a lot less. Of Sawyer. Yeah, I agree. And, and so I think that is going to be the way that they redeem his character. And when Locke actually saves uh, Sawyer and Juliet from the from the guys with right. the guns, uh, he, he even said James. Yeah. Juliet. Well, he's always called him James. Has he? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we are going to take a break from some feedback and we're going to uh, share some lost on the news. But before we do that, I do have two funny quotes that I want to play from the episode. And unfortunately, I didn't get um, the the one funniest clip. The funniest clip, I think, has to be open up. It's the ghost from the freaking future or something like that. I, I can't remember how he said right. it, but uh, that was an awesome quote. But uh, there are two other very funny quotes that, that stand out on okay. their own from this one. They're both very short. Here's the first one. Why there's a dead Pakistani on my coach? <laughs> and I love that... Um... What? <laughs> the way Hurley corrects her. And it's not that... How? Do, what does he say? He says he's not... I don't remember. Never mind. I don't remember either. Never mind. But uh, I... Oh, here. Maybe, maybe if I go to... Have- let me go to lost clips here because, okay. by the way, thanks once again to our good friend Jeff who right. who really helped us out with this. And uh, um, I don't remember how he worded it. You got to give me yeah. one second to find this. Um, do 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 because I named all these things different names afterwards. Uh, um, Hugo tells mom they lied. We already did that one, right? Yep. And then uh, Hugo and the lotto ticket. Nope. And um, why is there a dead Pakistani on my... There was one where he talks about, you know, um, Saeed does the, you know, the, uh, what do we call it moves? The uh, ninja moves and stuff. Is that what you're talking about? No. Hurley says to his mom. Okay. She says, why is there a dead Pakistani on my couch? Okay. What he says back to her. Oh. That now I can't remember. Oh well, well we'll we'll so, cover that on anyway, another episode. Everyone's screaming it at me as they listen. I'm sure. Okay, yeah, they are. I can't hear you. Well, well, he, well here's here's the other fun <laughs> okay. quote. Okay. You think he was going to kill me? I'm not taking any risks after Bentham died. I mean Locke. Yes, I mean Locke. I need a cool code name. I need a cool code name. I need a cool code name. That's I think a couple awesome. people twittered that out uh, yeah. at the same time from our living room. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Allison and Andrea, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. 
Anyway, we all need a cool code name. Let's take a break from uh, the episode discussion for just a moment to talk about lost in the news. All right, just a little bit I want to let people know about. Uh, first of all, there's a book that's come out. By the way, I'm reading a book right now called Lost Ate My Life. Very good book, very interesting read, uh, very short and, and sweet read to, to go through. And I plan on uh, basically setting up an interview with the authors of the book uh, once I complete it. I, I'm only, I think I only got like three more chapters left to read, but it's a very good book and I'll be telling you all about it. However, I've just become aware of another book titled What Can Be Found in Lost. Now, this is a, an evangelical Christian, uh, authored book and it's, uh, the subtitle is even Insights on God and the Meaning of Life from the popular TV series. Uh, and the author is John Inkerberg. Now, I had some, uh, I had a little bit of a, brief synopsis of it but unfortunately i i, I kind of lost it in the in the shuffle however uh, our good friend daryl from over mm-hmm. at mardel.com m-a-r-d-e-l.com wrote in and says hey cliff we just got a shipment of this book in today and we have an incredible deal this book normally sells for 10.99 and we're able to offer it for three dollars and 99 cents and uh, there's a link to it in our show notes, so it'll take you right there. And uh, basically, I want to let people know that now Mardell.com is not a sponsor of the Weekly Lost Podcast, and this is not a paid-for message at all. But they do sponsor another podcast that Stephanie and I do called Family from the Heart, which you can find over at FamilyFromTheHeart.com. And uh, basically, I do happen to know that this will work. If you actually go... And click on, if you go to Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com, and you search for what can be found in Lost, or if you click on the link that's in our forum, uh, when you go there, you can purchase as much stuff as you want along with this book uh, from their site. And in the shopping cart, if you put in the promo code G-S-P-N, in the shopping cart promo code section, you get 10% off your entire order. But uh, $3.99, regardless of what the book is about, I mean, if you're into anything lost, uh, you can't beat that price. And I do know that they are sending us a copy of it, Stephanie, to read and review. So we'll let you know more about that. But we do want to let you know those are available now and uh, you want to check it out. Now, Amy Wright also forwarded us something via email, and she said she got an email from ABC, and it's about a special Dharma poker set that you can buy from the abctvstore.com, and that's abctvstore.com. Now, of course, ABC is not sponsoring this podcast, and uh, we get nothing uh, in any way, shape, or form from telling you about this poker set. But uh, I just wanted to let you know it's ten dollars. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if you'll still get the ten dollars off, but anyway, um, it's a. I think it's forty dollars for the Dharma poker set. If you're into Texas Hold'em, the the poker chips it looks like they have the little Dharma logo on them, and the cards have Dharma logo on them. Personally, you know, I'm particular about my poker chips, so. But uh, I just want to let you know that those are out there and. Uh, it looks pretty nifty. It, mm-hmm. it it definitely would be worth having just as a as a as as a cool little memento of the show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, Stephanie, now let's go ahead and turn to listener feedback. Yes, Colonel Locke, this line secure. Line secure. Go ahead. 
Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. All right, Stephanie, listener feedback. We have lots of it. And, of course, we'll just jump right in with Kyle, who wrote in um, via email, it looks like. And, Stephanie, will you read what he had to say? Okay, I have a very important question on Lost. One of the most intriguing mysteries to me that a lot of people don't talk about is something I really want your opinions on. I'm a stout Christian, and faith is a large part of my life. In the season two episode, Dave, Locke and Ben are in the infirmary talking when Ben says, God doesn't know. God can't see this island any better than the rest of the world can. This is a shocking revelation to me, but what the heck does it mean? It has been confirmed repeatedly that the island is not hell nor purgatory as far as i believe god is everywhere at all times so what does it mean this mystery drives me insane and i want your analysis all right so i think that this was not to meant be meant was not meant as a statement of um of any faith orientations Mm -hmm. situation of whatsoever i think basically is like god you know god doesn't know anything about this island this island is an anomaly uh this guy you know not even nobody can see this island basically it's hidden from it's hidden from the real world if you will Mm -hmm. i i don't think that that ben's statement was a statement of god you know um uh questioning god's omnipresence if you will, but I do believe that it was just a statement to say, hey, um, let us throw a nod out there that says, you know, if you're wondering why they haven't, quote unquote, sent a rescue team yet, it's because they haven't, you know, that you can't actually physically see this island from satellites, from, you know, flyovers or anything like that. There's, you know, there's something, of course, you know, the listening station when something happened and all of a sudden, uh, they did the failsafe, I think it was, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the listening station, the island became visible. And at that moment, then probably the writers of the show and Ben uh, would have said, okay, well, God can see it now. But although I would agree or with you. Or it was from season two, and it was just dialogue filler that is being yeah. strung out of proportion. I'm with you. God's omnipresent, and he yeah. is in past, I, no, present, I agree and with, future. Yeah, absolutely. But very I don't cool. know how it relates to the storyline, I don't think that it was ever supposed to be something that we pulled yeah. out and dug apart. Yeah, I, I, I think it was just a hint to say, you know, the island's hidden. Mm-hmm. It's not visible to the outside world. Okay. And and I don't think it was to say that God's any less because he can't see it or, or right. anything like that. I just, I think it was just a statement of saying, uh, listen, people can't see us. Okay. All right. So Chris, also known as Leavetown, who was in our at our party here, mm-hmm. he said that the GSPN. Oh, you know what? Actually, I found out that later, and I think it's in one of the comments on the show notes section of the forum here, where mm, oh, who was it now? If I go down, uh, John, uh, aka John uh, Portier, he says I would like to lay claim for posing the question that GSPN TV Studios should have a Dharma name. Uh, and I mentioned it on the Ustream chat. So it was actually John who came up with the idea. 
but uh, basically, we were talking about what what name, you know, what special station should the GSPN studio be called? And we and it came out that basically through casual conversation that we the GSPN.TV studios should be deemed the tower. And so Chris was back at his hotel room, and he sent me over this octagon uh, Dharma station with a with a um, uh, actual tower in the middle of it. And so we are broadcasting from the tower. My station. only question is why the tower? Because that's where you broadcast out messages. Broadcasting. Okay. Podcasting. Gotcha. That's why. Okay. Are do you think we should be something else? Well, Do you have something else to submit for review? It's more like a cold, dusty dungeon down here. <laughs> but, okay, but what icon would you put in the middle of a Dharma patch to describe the dungeon? A big black hole. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I was just asking why the tower, that's all. Maybe maybe we should see if they can do an artist rendition of the Heil PR40 microphone, and we will be the, the Heil station. Well, never. <laughs> Moving right along. Anyway, Dharma jumps, or I'm sorry, the Tower Station jumpsuits will be on order very soon, and you'll be able to get your GSPN now. is jump the shark. <laughs> it's better than breaking the. Well, yeah, we won't go there. That's a whole other podcast. Show. Yeah, Ryan from Hudson, <laughs> Wyoming, I guess is WI Wisconsin? Wisconsin. I don't know anymore. I'm anyway. not. Go I wasn't ahead. suggesting, just, just, I was telling. All right, well, why don't you go okay. ahead and read what Ryan has to okay. say. Hi, just wanted to share some thoughts about the two-hour Lost premiere. Overall, I enjoyed them both. Actually, he says both of them, but anyway. <laughs> awesome to finally have new Lost after all these months of waiting. Because you left, very good opener. Probably just as strong as season one or three. Loved seeing Dr. Candle slash Hallowax, etc. bumping into Faraday. Sawyer really made me laugh during the episode. I guess he just doesn't think forth dimensionally. Dimensionally, the Kate storyline. Yep, still boring. Same with Sun. See, now I think that there's something boiling there with Sun, mm-hmm. but that's just my interjection. Faraday and Charlotte are awesome. Agreed. Ben was great as usual. Jack was decent. <laughs> that's good to know. You know, you knock on the door. Are you decent? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, loved Desmond telling Penny he was going to Oxford. I did too. I loved when he woke up and he said it wasn't a dream. It was a memory. Yes. That was really cool. Okay, here it is. The lie. Saeed's fight scene. Best part of the episode. I didn't like that Saeed was knocked out for the entire show, though. Hurley seemed kind of odd this episode. Almost out of character. I knew he wouldn't go with Ben, but wouldn't he want to see his friend Jack? Hurley told Jack at the mental institution he was sorry he went with Locke. Anna Lucia was great, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, interjected. That, that was interjected, but agreed on this end of the table, too. Yeah, liked the new butcher character Ben knows. Is she Annie's mother? At the end of the episode, I guess Annie being Ben's childhood friend, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. At the end of the episode with the person writing on the chalkboard, who we later learned was Miss Hawking, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. I thought it was going, I thought it was going to be Charlie for a second, you know, because of the hood. Because of the hood. Yeah. Loved the lock appearance and um, great ending with Ben. Uh, Thank God Ferger got wasted. Amen. Absolutely. But he didn't go out. He did go out pretty spectacularly. Yes. 
next week is going to be fun. Great podcast. Go ahead. No, great podcast. His words, not ours. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Although we hopefully... (laughs) Don't be boastful. Just say his words, not ours. That was her short. Thank you. Just say (laughs) thank you, you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Brian from Baltimore wrote in via email and says, Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. I believe the rules of time seem to be related to the concept that we were seeing in season four where Michael could not kill himself. Why? Because he wasn't supposed to die until he was on the freighter, even though he didn't know it. The same thing probably would happen to Ethan if he tried to tell the others about Locke, he would find it impossible to do so. Very interesting theory. I'm adding that in. Uh, Like Daniel says, you can't change time, except there are people who are special, i.e. Desmond, who may be able to avoid this rule because he is able to establish his constant. Also, remember Daniel wrote in his journal that if anything goes wrong, Desmond is your constant. Hmm. Well, Brian, very interesting indeed, Mm -hmm. and thank you for writing. I still don't understand why people think that Desmond is immune to this. You can't change the past. Because didn't change time. Because um, not Miles. uh, Daniel Faraday said that to Desmond. He says, "Listen, don't, you're special. You're special. You're you. You don't have. You're not bound by the rules. Something. Go back and watch it again. You'll pick things up. Whatever. I'm just kidding. I've already watched it twice. I didn't pick it up yet. So. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'm out of luck. Um, there's some interesting time to. Okay. So basically, uh, there are lots of notes in here. Just Sue. Um, th- now this is actually feedback that's actually on the show notes." Uh, in the mm-hmm. section here, uh, just Sue says, I just finished listening to part one. Gotta love Stephanie. Uh, she said, everything I was going to, I was thinking regarding the jumping the shark talk, uh, that phrase doesn't apply to this show because it's what happens when a series stays <laughs> on the air long after the writers have run out of good ideas. Very good. I did. That's a good point. Uh, the show can't do that because, well, it's telling a story and it has to, it has a definite end, definite ending. As Stephanie pointed out, very cool. Just because a viewer doesn't like the way the plot is turning out doesn't mean that the show has jumped the shark. Absolutely. If it did, it would have declared some series as having... Uh, oh, I would have declared some series have done having done so their first episode. Hmm, good point. Can I just say, I think that uh, Jess, Sue, and I are kindred spirits. There you go. <laughs> Personally, I was looking forward to a time traveler story, as was I, and I'm adding that in here, uh, because... I knew it would create a paradox sooner or later. I kept watching anyway, and I've enjoyed the ride so far. The only way they would disappoint me is if they copped out with an it was all a dream ending. Yeah, that's going to suck. Yeah, that won't happen. I can guarantee you that. Um, and, of course, we're adding that in. Right. On a different subject. Yes. The caller named Nicole spoke about the people appearing where they were. Okay. Where they were. No. Now. now in the past because of the time travel. That made me think of Miss Clue's question to Michael when she asked Michael if Walt had ever appeared in a place he wasn't supposed to be. Is it possible Walt will also be time traveling at some point? Maybe that's how the others knew he was special. <gasps> this would be a great way Maybe. to explain Walt's age. And they said that they had a way of dealing with that. I love it. Anyway, maybe they had already met his future self, so also asked if Walt had ever had headaches or fainting spells. That, that question, question makes, makes a lot, lot more, more sense, sense now. now. Very cool. Also, not being nitpicking, <laughs> but I want to add something on the subject of Claire, Aaron, and raised by another. 
business. Malkin didn't just use that phrase. He made it very clear that no one was to raise Aaron except Claire. He he wasn't just talking about the others. He Here are the lines from that scene. It's crucial that you, yourself, raise the child. The child parented by anyone else, danger surrounds this baby. Your nature, your spirit, your goodness must be an influence in this child's develop in, in the development of this child. There is no happy life, not for this child, not without you. It can't be another. It mustn't you mustn't allow another to raise your baby. <laughs> Mrs. I told you you're annoying. Uh, yeah, a couple okay. people. I Good. got those emails too. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That was a joke. Seriously. Although I've had those emails in the past. Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Miss Littleson, please, this baby needs your protection. And then, Very of course, uh, Just Sue continued on saying, then Hurley had that message for Jack saying, you're not supposed to raise him. Hmm. So Kate is definitely not supposed to be raising Aaron, according to Malkin. That dream Kate had was contradictory because before Claire told her not to bring Aaron back, but the phone call with the backward voice told her the island needs her to go back before it's too late unless the island wanted to come back without Aaron. And that dream was contradicting itself. And it's even harder to tell what the island wanted when you consider how close the others came to killing Claire and then taking Aaron the first season. Hmm, I guess Malkin and the island are just on the same page. Anyway, a little added drift. I'm going to need to read that again. Yeah, we'll do that some other time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I love that we're, yes. we're so um, all consumed with what the island wants when it's not a character who speaks or, you know. What does the island want? I don't know. Who cares? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know? All right, so then there's a little debate going on in this section here. Is there? Yes, yes, yes. John. So basically, I just finished listening to part one, Gotta Love Stephanie, blah, 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 quoted all that stuff. And John says, well, that's definitely a matter of opinion. I think the show did jump the shark when it went into time travel spectrum. However, I will constantly watch this show and go to gspn.tv slash live and give my four cents on on it as the obsessive watcher that I have become. It's amazing to me to see the to see the pass that Lost gets just because of its cult following. Fonzie would not have jumped the shark in real life, and neither would an island really travel through time. <laughs> it's anyway. television. And then when he says this could be how the actor could come back to the show as future Walt, then oh yeah, this and quoting then a different part exactly right? quoting a different part, uh, and so basically lots of interesting stuff, and we have even four other voicemails that have come in since we've recorded uh, at one eighty seven. So I'm just going to play those real quick. Hey, this is Shadow Ferrero from Valley, Alabama, and I'm calling about the Weekly Lost podcast. Um, well, I was just listening to your most recent episode, and I just just it just popped to my head. Uh, somebody called in talking about how Claire came into Kate's dream and was saying, um, you know, don't bring Aaron back to the island. Okay, so and everybody seems to think that it's her ghost or somehow she's communicating with her. What if the same thing that's happening with? Uh, the Scottish guy, you know, the one that was telling Charlie, you know, you're going to die, Charlie. And it was popped in my head. I can't think of his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Um, what do you, you know how, like, I think so we've seen that, um, what's his name, told him that um, you weren't, you know, you're not going to remember this until now. And then he wakes up out of his dream. 
So what if that's happening to Kate and somehow Claire is went back in time because, you know, she was on the island. We don't know if she was dead or not. So what if she went back in time when the rest of them did? It's just we haven't seen, you know, they just haven't put her in the show yet. So we haven't seen that yet. And she told Claire, you're not going to remember this until whenever. And, you know, or she told her. So I'm guessing, like, if, if it happened at the same time period, even though it's different times, it all automatically pops in her head. And so it pops in her head right then. And then she just woke up. It was like a dream. I don't know. But anyways, and then that's why she's telling her at that point in time, don't bring him back to the island and then everybody else is, you know, saying we've got to go back. Anyways, just wanted to give my little crazy theory. I don't know if it's going to hold up or anything, but, hey, it just popped in my head. I love the show, and I'm waiting on some new episodes. Bye. All right. Well, thank you very much. Honestly, I was tracking with you there for a little bit. I kind of got lost in the middle, and I think by the end of it, I I understood what you're saying. But in any case, I want to give you It's an interesting theory. All right, so we'll see if that pans out to be anything. Stephanie, here's our next caller. Hey, Cliff, Steph. This is Justin from New Jersey. I'm calling uh, about the Lost Podcast. I'm listening to your uh, your weekend, uh, you know, show about the uh, season premiere and the second episode. And uh, I didn't even get through it. Maybe you guys have already tackled this. But I hear you guys talking about, okay, so... Locke went back in the past, and Ethan shot him. So, there, are, you know, if you can't change the past, how did that happen? Because that hadn't happened. Now, this is a little confusing, but try to follow me here. Uh, Miss Hawking had said, you know, you can, whatever you do, you can't really change it because it will, of course, correct itself. Like, if she stopped that guy from getting crushed back in Flash Before Your Eyes, and, you know, he would just get hit by a car the next day. So, John getting shot in the leg... Uh, by the fallen down plane by Ethan, by the uh, Nigerian plane. Now, he got shot in the leg when he jumped back in time. Now, in order for that to make sense, remember when he, uh, him and Boone were walking out to the plane in the first place, all of a sudden John lost the use of his legs at that one spot. Uh, I think that's more of, okay, so he didn't lose the uh, use of his legs. He had gotten shot. Uh, that's the way it course corrected itself. So that it, that's how the writers can write themselves out of a, a jam saying, okay, look, this is how it happened. Um, instead of Ethan shooting him, he just magically lost the you know, use of his legs or vice versa. As he's walking up there, why did he lose the use of his legs? Because Ethan had already shot him. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not sure if it's making much sense, but uh, if it does, <laughs> then yay for me. All right, thanks, guys. Doing a great job. Okay. We All know right. exactly what you're trying to say. I just want to, I just want to say one thing is that I don't think the writers are trying to talk themselves out or write themselves out of out of a jam. I think that when they started this episode, they or when they started the series, they had a story to tell, and they've been telling that story, setting a setting a definite end date. Last was that last season that uh-huh. they did that gave them an opportunity to more clearly tell that story. Yes. And now we're along for the ride and people are complaining. Well, let me tell you something. And I'm not saying that he's complaining. No, no, no. No, I'm just right. making a point that other people well, are complaining. Here's here's what I think is but so brilliant. I don't think brilliant. they were in a jam. No, they were not in a jam. continually 
connected. I, when we saw, what was, is that season one with Boone and yeah. finding the Beechcraft? This is season one, okay? In season one, when Lost, or when Lost, when Locke unexplainably at that time falls com- down. When he falls down and loses the use of his leg next to the beach cla- gra- Beechcraft. It absolutely made no sense to us. There was no clue as to why on earth that happened out of nowhere. Okay. And then at that moment in time, the writers knew already right then and right then when they were writing that scene in season one, they knew in the future at some point down the road that they would come back and write that Ben was shot. John. Or that that John was shot in that location. They have been waiting to reveal that to us, which tells me that time travel has been in this story from day one. Absolutely. And I think it even further gives credence to this idea that Adam and Eve are going to be huge in in that somebody's going to get stuck back in time. And uh, not make it back before the before Oceanic Six comes back, and that whoever that is are going to be the Adam and Eve that we saw in season one. So I think I think if anything, it shows how brilliant and and how time travel has been part of this story since day one. And and you know, Damon and Carlton have been very very outspoken of the fact that they started this series with a story and with a definite ending. Yeah. And we're just getting closer to that ending and yeah. people aren't. In Lost State My Life, this book finally revealed that, you know, it, it talks about in the and it says, don't don't tell us what you can't do is the name of the, of the chat of the chapter. Right. And I just finished reading it and it talked about how they, they negotiated with the network um, to get, you know, to first of all, to get rid of repeats and then to get the air, get them to air Which back is to brilliant back and, beyond itself. And then how they actually came across that concept and how it turned out that they negotiated the end of the series. Mm-hmm. And it was then, I mean, it, it's written out clearly in this book. The, it's like, okay, now, it, now the story goes in motion. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they could not give us the flash, the flash forward scenes until, until they, they were given definite, the date. Right. It's like we're going to basically in essence had they not given the definite end of the of the series date, we would we would not get the flash forwards, the flash, you know, the the time travel. We wouldn't get any of this stuff until they knew for a fact they had an end date. Which means there would have just been a bunch of stuff in the middle yep. for you to toy around with. And that's and of course they petitioned for the end of it so that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And which uh, again is brilliant yes. and that's why lost does not jump the shark because again i agree with whoever that was before that says jump the sh- was that sue yeah just sue said that um you know jumping the shark is when a show runs out of storylines yep. to tell and that's not the case with lost no, they have a definite story to tell showing that this episode where they showed john Locke getting shot which then explains what happened in season one proves to us that they are on they are on target with what they want to tell us. Absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. Uh, it's Heath from the Lost Revisited Now podcast uh, with Heath and Miss Wendy. Um, just calling to say, love the podcast. You guys do an excellent job, as always. A um, couple of things. Um, what's interesting, in back in season one in Solitary, the Saeed-centric episode when he gets 
captured by Rousseau. Uh, it's on Lostpedia, but originally, when Rousseau was talking about her team, uh, she originally said in the script, uh, we came to study time, but the networks made uh, the Lost producers take that out. Uh, and I believe it is on Lostpedia, uh, which is interesting because, of course, the whole time travel, uh, time jumping is one of those as you've been having the discussion about the jump in the shark and everything, it is very sensitive when it comes to network TV. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that they wanted to introduce a little tidbit way back at the beginning of Lost, but the networks didn't want that uh, in there. Also, when Ben and Jack are together, uh, they're talking about, Ben's talking about who he needs to bring back, you know, Saeed, Hurley. He never mentions Aaron, so I'm curious what you guys think if Aaron's supposed to go back. I know they haven't really said it yet, uh, but it's interesting to see if Aaron is, is if Ben's trying to get Aaron to the island. But he doesn't bring up Aaron's name to Jack, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, liked the first episode, Because You Left, a little better than The Lie. I guess Because You Left was more mythology, and The Lie was kind of more character-based. Um, I just, when they're on the boat during The Lie, and Hurley is, like, mad at Saeed. and like, if you need me in the future, I'm not going to give you help or whatever. Paraphrasing, of course. But uh, it's like, why was Hurley mad at Saeed? Everyone else said they were going to lie, but I guess because he was the deciding vote. I don't know. But Hurley kind of gives Saeed more of an issue, a problem, is more mad at Saeed, or gives him that kind of ultimatum type thing. Uh just wondering why he was mad at Saeed and not anyone else. Anyway, uh, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited about this season. So uh should be a fun ride. All right, guys, you take care. Namaste and good luck. All right. Thank you very much, Heath. Um, you know, as far as Aaron going back, I, th- I have to imagine he, he has to go back. I mean... I think he does. Why else make a big deal about, about all? Please do not bring Aaron back. Whatever you do, don't bring her back, Kate. So I think I think the island wants him Aaron back. Don't bring him back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's okay. Whatever. Um. And <laughs> and Ben says you all have to go back. Yeah. Even him. Whoever pointing came, at John. So whoever got off the island has to go back. Mm-hmm. Even the dead guy. Even. The, or who's the, not dead. Who who we don't think is dead. I, I don't believe he's dead. All right. So let's last call. This is Mr. Sizemore with the Vietnam Veterans. Call on to remind you put your donation on tonight or no later than 7 o'clock a.m. in the morning. Tomorrow is the Vietnam Veterans Pickup Day. So please don't forget to put your donation out tonight or no Say later than time. 7 o'clock a.m. in the morning. Thank you so very much and God bless. All right, so Stephanie, just a reminder: make sure you put those blankets out on the doorstep before seven a.m. Whatever. <laughs> that is so funny. They she stalk would, me. She would not let me off the phone this evening when she called. Really? And so I said, just, just do me a favor. If you need to call in the future, just call the listener line, and I gave her the number. Nice. So she called and left that message for you. How sweet of her. <laughs> anyway, so don't forget to set the blankets. So out. can I just, you know, remind you to? Uh, you know, unlist our number. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's the only reason we get those calls. Anyway, Stephanie. It, she wouldn't let me off the phone the other day because she would not let me I off the phone. told her I didn't have anything. And 
And then you finally She's gave like, up some blankets, didn't and you? And then I finally gave up some blankets. Well, we need to send them out. I will. Because they're, they're gonna... in the garage. I'll send them out right All now. All right, we'll do it. We'll do we it just right put now. them on our doorstep? That's it. Okay. Yep. And I, I said, I got it. It. said, you know, we're supposed to get like three and a half inches of snow tonight, right? They'll come no matter what the weather is like. Okay. All we'll right. set them out there. Tell them not. Don't knock right. your mailbox down. All right. So anyway, that is all we have here. Um, we are going to be playing for you a little bit of a preview of next week's episode uh, at the end of this. But I uh, just got to give you a little bit of information here. Number one, if you want to call in listener feedback, it's area code 859 795 Four zero six seven. Area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. It's a voicemail line, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Call as much as you want, um, in, including if you want to remind us to leave things on our doorstep for you. Uh, so, <laughs> number two, uh, we really want to encourage you to check out the forum GSPN dot tv slash forum that stands for generally speaking production network gspn dot tv slash forum we have an awesome community of people who are consistently talking with one another and having a great time uh talking lost and it's a very friendly environment uh, a lot of people have come to us and said you know i'm not really a forum kind of person i really don't get into that kind of thing and those people are pretty much uh on the forum on a daily basis now and you'll find that it's very family friendly nobody's yelling at you if it's already been posted before nobody's going to tell you we've already posted that and it's over here get a clue it, it just doesn't happen well, they with might, us. but we delete those messages <laughs> no we don't they, they don't even happen I was just so kidding. i know you were and then of course uh we have one very big thing to tell you about and of course we've uh, we've mentioned it very briefly in episode 186 we mentioned it very briefly in episode 187 and here we are in 188 and it's very it's very important that you listen closely uh you if you are not a gspn.tv plus member if you are listening to us on the free feed over at weeklylostpodcast.com or if you're listening to us on the free feed over at lost podcasting network if those are the two places, either of those two places are where you're getting this podcast from, you will not hear anything from gspn.tv or the Weekly Lost Podcast for the next three weeks. And the reason why is because we are recording at least two episodes per week and sometimes three, maybe even four, but uh, at least two episodes every week for the next uh, 16 weeks. And we will be here, and gspn.tv plus members get every single one of those episodes. This is what Stephanie and I do for a living. This is our career, uh, and uh, it's not just the Lost Podcast. We do we do a total of 24 podcasts. We really want to encourage you to do two things. Number one, go to gspn.tv slash about, uh, gspn.tv slash about, and read about GSPN, what our commitment is, what who we are, what we're doing here. And then, of course, I would love for you, before you just check out and say, well, I'm not going to pay money for content, go over to gspn.tv slash plus, gspn.tv slash plus, and you'll be able to read just like three or four paragraphs of what plus membership is. And there are a ton of audio testimonies that you can listen to of other people, why they actually pay the $10 a month to become a plus member to support what we're doing here. And uh, we want to let you know that gspn.tv is much more than just a bunch of podcasts. It is about a community, and we encourage you. When we say come join the community, it, it means so much more. You'll find it over at gspn.tv 
slash about and slash plus. That's all I want to say. Uh, but it's very important that I get that out because if you want, I mean, tons of people say, listen, I love the Weekly Lost podcast. I enjoy it and look forward to it as much as I do the episodes of Lost themselves. And if that's the case and you want to make sure that you're going to continue to get uh, the, at least a minimum of two episodes every week for the next 16 weeks, uh, that's how you get them. So, Stephanie, until next time, stay lost. And after this music's over, then we'll do Bonnie's preview for for next week. Stay lost. This is Lost Away Bonnie from Lost.About.com with this week's Lost Preview. The next episode is called Jughead and will be on this Wednesday at 9 p.m. on ABC. ABC's synopsis reads, Desmond goes in search of a woman who could be the key to helping Faraday stop the island's erratic movements through time. And Locke discovers the identity of the unknown forces who have been attacking the survivors. Okay, let's start with Desmond. He's searching for Daniel's mother, who is someone I think we've seen before, most recently in the last episode. Hint, hint. Locke discovers the identity of the unknown forces who have been attacking the survivors. Now, it looked to me like Jones and his men were wearing Dharma jumpsuits when they captured Sawyer and Juliet. How fun for Locke if he gets to check out Dharma and its heyday. There's really no surprises with the characters who will show up in this episode, though there are several new characters to look forward to. For more information, read my Jughead guide and preview. This is Lost Away Bonnie Koval for Lost.About.com.